0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of my podcast. I am here and I am joined by my brother, Isaac. And we are debating the position on the NCAA about whether or not collegiate athletes should be getting paid. So my opinion is that I believe that college athlete athletes should be getting paid because they are bringing in so much money for their school and for their brand itself. Isaac, do you have a different opinion?
1: No, I agree. Um, I think that college athletes um, are the, basically, name and the brand. Um, people come to see the athletes. If there were no athletes, and there would be no, no revenue, no game to play, no name for the school. Like, schools basically brand themselves on, oh, we have a good football program, we have a good basketball program, this, 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 for all their other students to come in and participate in as well it's not necessarily just for the athletes either
0: okay so knowing you and you're my brother so going into you playing college basketball how do you feel that high school is different than college in what aspects
1: in the in college you have a lot more freedom than it is in high school it's a lot less structured you could schedule your classes basically whenever you want you eat um, basically, whenever you want, it's a lot more demanding in college, though. Um, college, you have walking through a day of just college basketball, not in season. Uh, you might wake up at 7 a.m., go do a lift and run cardio workout, then that might go till 8 ish, 9 ish. Then you'll go to breakfast for an hour, you'll go sit through a class for an hour, maybe another class. By that time it's around noon go for lunch after that you'll have practice after practice you go for a lift after your lift you'll go eat dinner because by that time it'd be about five o'clock and after that you have study tables or another class so your days are filled with class school athletics not not really very much time for yourself yeah so you guys are busy all the time all the time 20, almost 24 7.
0: so what are some benefits that you get for playing at the college level though
1: We get a lot of free gear, backpacks, hoodies, t-shirts, all that good stuff. Um, Game days, we get food. Um, We get unlimited access to the weight room, basketball courts, basically whatever your sport is. You can get unlimited access to the facilities. Um, We get tutors if we need that. We have a writing center for us, a math center. yeah basically what you hear mm-hmm. the kind of stereotypical athletic experience mm-hmm.
0: and so you <laughs> playing at the D3 level do you think it's more challenging in college than it was in high school or do you think it's
1: easier it's the competition is astonishingly more competitive even at just the division 3 level than it is in high school
0: uh-huh so going on to the main topic how do you feel about the NCAA having their discussion of paying players in some states of the country right now.
1: I definitely think that that should be an option or should be something that should happen. Just knowing that at the Division three level that even me knowing myself, I'm not going professionally and me spending my whole week or whole day either studying or doing something for basketball, I don't have time to get a part-time job at all. I might have an hour to myself a day before bed or in the morning that I wouldn't have time to go do a part-time job, so I have no source of income or form of in- income throughout the whole school year. So knowing that from a Division three level, I can just assume that Division two and one players who are even trying to go pro or aren't trying to go pro are... Their workloads are just astonishingly more than mm-hmm.
0: Division Three. So you feel like the NCAA should be paying players because of the amount of workload that you get and the amount of free time that is taken from you, if you were a student?
1: I think that the NCAA should pay their athletes because there's no time for these athletes to get a part-time job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Yep.
0: Diving into the opposite aspect of opinions... People believe that athletes in the NCAA should not be getting paid for reasons such as their whole tuition is being paid for and they receive so many benefits from gear to practices to food to other dorms and other things that they are able to do on campus that other students are not able to do. People believe that athletes are already getting paid Because they are already having their school paid for. Where if you end up as a regular student. You have to pay thousands of dollars just to go to class. I understand that point and where people are coming from. But if you also look at this aspect of. Athletes bringing in tens of thousands of dollars. Constantly bringing in money and cash cow. For their university and for the NCAA, it would make sense for the students and the athletes to be getting a cut of some of that money. They are the main reason that the university is what it is and people end up at that university. And it's because of the fact that a college such as the University of Michigan can go out and say, hey, we have a great football program. We have a great basketball team and a great softball team and baseball team. So you guys should come to our university because you can be a part of that. And athletes believe, oh, we're going to get so many benefits from that, that we should go to school there. Athletes should also be receiving the benefits that they already are getting, including a small sum of money for performing on live television going along with the other opinion some commentators were that pay-to-play rules would diminish the amateurism of college athletics it would also exploit student-athletes especially black athletes who dominate the two biggest revenue generating colleges college sports football and basketball experts also note that pay-to-play rules could benefit female college athletes who often have fewer opportunities than men to profit from their sport after college. In an article in the Harvard Journal of Sports and Entertainment Law, IU's Jayma Meyer and Smith College's Andrew Zimbalist proposed a federal framework to pay student athletes for branding using things such as their name, their image, and likeness. Under the framework, universities could profit from using this information for very limited purposes. It would be used for things such as promoting athletic events and selling official team apparel. Athletes could enter their endorsement deals with third parties if the agreement does not conflict with the school's right to use their images. Meyer and Zimbalist urged the U.S. Congress to establish an independent commission to regulate these payments. In another argument, James Landry of the DeNovo Agency and Thomas A. Baker III of the University of Georgia also propose a new model for payments to college athletes for their name, image, and likeness. In an article in the NYU Journal of Intellectual Property and Entertainment Law, they concluded that no reason in law or common sense justifies the current NCAA ban on these payments. If the NCAA were to change its athletic compensation rules and permit athletes to hire agents, Landry and Baker recommend that the organization also creates agency certification process to protect athletes from untrustworthy agents. Landry and Baker also suggest adopting academic eligibility criteria as a condition of the payments, which would prevent both athletes and universities from profiting if athletes' grades were to fall below the eligibility level. Finally, one more article, Kevin D. Brown and Antonio Williams of Indiana University examine the ramifications of the amateurism model, limiting athlete compensation to the cost of attending school on major revenue-generating college sports, such as D1 football and D1 men's basketball. Because black students are overrepresented in high revenue generating sports, Brown and Williams worry about the potential for racial exploitation in applying the amateur model. They did, however, acknowledge that substantial legal obstacles deter abandoning amateurism, such as the effect of athletes' pay on university federal income taxes. Instead of abandoning amateurism altogether, these two recommend reallocating some of the revenue from college sports to fund programs to increase higher education outcomes for all members of the black community. Along with the NCAA having multiple court cases on if players should be getting paid, taking a look at how much money they are spending on tournaments such as their playoff games for football and for their March Madness tournament for basketball, the NCAA report for their budget shows that it spent $13.5 more dollars for the men's 2018-2019 basketball tournament than for the women's, which goes to show how much money the NCAA is pouring into these athletes and how much money the athletes are getting and gaining for the NCAA and for the university. It also shows that the sports that the NCAA is spending the most money on are the two most popular sports in probably the world. And that just goes to show how these collegiate athletes are making such a big difference because they are establishing a ground for younger kids to look at and say, I want to go play at that level. I want to go play NCAA march madness basketball i want to go and play in the rose bowl the cotton bowl and other bowl games that the ncaa is pouring money into in two recent lawsuits brought against the ncaa over its amateurism rule one was by ed o'bannon an ex-ucla basketball player and another by a group of collegiate athletes led by former west virginia football player sean alston they have led to court rulings expanding the amount of scope of aid colleges can provide to their athletes In 2009, O'Bannon sought to challenge NCAA's use of names, image, and likeness of college football and basketball players for commercial purposes, arguing that student-athletes should be compensated for this as they are allowing their brand to go. Although O'Bannon's case ultimately did not achieve the goal, it ended up leading to his colleges being allowed to offer larger, full-cost scholarships, also known as a full-ride. On the back of this suit, the NCAA versus Alston saw federal judge Claudia Wilkin, who had also overseen the O'Bannon case, order schools to be permitted to cover a range of other costs with the studies of the athletes. Of these costs, they included computers, science equipment, music instruments, and other items not currently included in the cost of attendance. They were also nonetheless related to pursue various academic studies. It would also include post-eligibility scholarships to complete undergrad or grad degrees at any other school. Scholarships to attend vocational school, expenses for pre- and post-eligibility tutoring, and paid post-eligibility internships. Mrs. Ms. Wilkin also noted the great disparity between the extraordinary revenue the NCAA earns from their basketball and their football games. And they also noted the modest benefits that class members receive in exchange for their participation. The NCAA has appealed this multiple times. And this has been appealed starting on the 31st of March in 2021, which has already happened. In 2020, the Supreme Court decided whether or not the NCAA had any violation of federal antitrust laws by restricting what college athletes should be paid. In May of 2020, the U.S. appeals for the Ninth Circuit in San Francisco, they ruled that the NCAA was not free to limit compensation and benefits tied to Division I football and basketball players. Because of this, the court rejected the argument that compensating athletes would alienate sports fans. Quote-unquote, uncapping certain education-related benefits would preserve consumer demand for college athletics just as well as the challenge rules do, which was said by Chief Judge Cindy R. Thomas. He said this over a unanimous three-judge panel. Oh, my God. After these rulings, in 2023, student-athletes that are playing in California are said to be allowed to earn money through endorsements as part of their Fair Pay-to-Play Act, which is signed into law by the state's governor, Gavin Newsom, in September of 2019. It has been described by NBA superstar LeBron James, who plays in California, as a game-changer. This is because that it will allow students to be getting money for playing in California. This will only be in effect for students that are playing in California, however. No other states will be able to benefit from this pay-to-play act. All in all, I believe that NCAA athletes should be getting paid because of the fact that they are bringing in so much money for their university. They are bringing in countless amounts of money, along with they are bringing in countless amount of student attraction into the university they are getting the university's name out there because they are excelling so well in their athletics all in all i believe that the athletes should be getting paid because of the amount of money that they bring in for the university and the students that they bring in This is now the end of episode one, and I look forward to seeing you guys in episode two. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.